0: Violence against Asians in the city spiked from three incidents back in 2019 to almost 30 last year. ...weans causing her to hit her head so hard she needed at least a half dozen stitches. ...my home in country, that I am the reason why coronavirus is so serious. Please. An elderly woman slapped, her shirt then set on fire. ...and yelling at an Asian passenger on an entrance. The
1: possible coronavirus-related bias attack. I did not make you sick
0: get a more in-depth look into the week's top local news stories. The Debrief brings you inside for a one-on-one conversation with our reporter every week, right here, right now. The Debrief. Welcome into The Debrief. I'm your host, Adam Cooperstein, in for David Ushery. For a full year now, we've been living with worries about the coronavirus every single day. But many Asian Americans say they're suffering from a second virus, a virus of hate, Since the pandemic started, there's been a surge of anti-Asian attacks across the country. In New York, the NYPD has tallied nearly 10 times the number of hate crimes against Asians as the year before. So what's behind this rash of discrimination and what's being done to stop it? The NYPD has created an anti-Asian hate crime task force, the first in the nation. And today on The Debrief, we're going to talk to the commanding officer. We'll also chat with New York State Senator John Liu about the fears within the Asian community. But first, here's News 4's Miles Miller. As
1: an Asian American, we understand when we're being singled out for one reason and one reason only, and that is the color of our skin, or some would say the angle of our eyes.
2: Queen State Senator John Liu joining the Reverend Al Sharpton at the National Action Network decrying a string of violent attacks across New York City targeting Asian Americans, a troubling crime trend that has the community on edge. He referenced the violent shoving attack of an Asian American woman in Flushing, Queens.
1: A woman was shoved to the ground violently by someone who, according to her daughter, was screaming anti-Asian epithets.
2: According to court documents, 47-year-old Patrick Mateo allegedly charged at the woman, sending her flying into a metal news rack. We spoke with her son earlier this week. Couple stitches.
0: Uh, Six, five, to seven. It's a pretty nice gnarly
2: gap. Tuesday's incident came in the wake of other violent crimes across the nation targeting Asian Americans, raising concerns. The NYPD says there were 29 anti-Asian hate crimes in 2020. They attribute 24 of those to COVID xenophobia. Reverend Sharpton linked those attacks directly to former President Donald Trump. He tried to blame Asian Americans for coronavirus. Crimes against the Asian community have been on the rise during the pandemic, including two separate unrelated attacks on Asian women on the subway and incidents across the country targeting older Asian Americans. In Harlem, I'm Miles Miller, News 4.
0: Let's welcome in now. New York State Senator John Liu who represents a big part of Northeast Queens. And we're so fortunate to have you, Senator Liu. Thanks for the time. I want to begin with the big picture here, which is why are we seeing this dramatic spike in anti-Asian attacks, not only in New York City, but across America?
1: It has been a huge spike, uh, as you said, nationally. And unfortunately, we see too much of it right here in our own city. I'm not a sociologist. I don't claim to be an expert in identifying these trends. But number one, the trend is undeniable. We're we're talking about the NYPD said it's a 1,900% increase here in New York City. Uh, Across the country, thousands of cases have been catalogued, uh, much more than any other year. And the only thing that's different this past year that that anybody can see plainly is coronavirus.
0: Senator Liu, I remember almost a year ago being in Chinatown reporting about some of these first instances of hate crimes against the Asian community. And there was the thought that, okay, it's the early on in the virus. People don't know anything. It's all new and confusing. But here we are a year later. Are you surprised that not only has it not gone away, that these things are still happening at a high rate?
1: Well, it's absolutely true that A year ago, the Asian American community was the first to really feel the coronavirus, and that's because, as we know, in December 2019, reports of COVID-19 started uh, going all over the world, and in in January of 2020, Uh, Right at the height of the holiday season for the Asian community, which centers around the Lunar New Year, which is usually end of January, early February, um, businesses had to shut down. At the worst time possible for them, because uh, people were not patronizing supermarkets, uh, shops, restaurants in Chinatown in, in Flushing and different parts of Brooklyn because of this fear that if they stepped foot in an Asian operated business or or an Asian community, that somehow they would be more likely to become infected. Uh, We we now know that actually the first case of COVID-19 in New York City actually came from somebody who traveled from Europe. So the Asian community has faced coronavirus like everybody else, but they have faced the stigma, which has then led to attacks, violent attacks in many cases. The Asian American community started feeling that in January, 2020. And unfortunately, as you point out, It has not subsided. In fact, in the last month or so, it's only picked up. I think part of the reason that it's picked up recently is just because around this lunar New Year's time this year, it was uh, February 12th. And again, it goes for a couple of weeks before and goes on for a month or so after the actual New Year's Day. There, there's just a lot more Asian American activity, people going out, uh, getting food, um, shopping for supplies, and even some celebrations outdoors on the streets. Well, I hate to say it, but there, there might have been more more opportunity for attacks against Asian Americans to occur. and, and some of these attacks were just really mind-boggling. mostly senior citizens, being shoved violently to the ground for no reason whatsoever.
0: Yeah, let's talk about solutions now. Moving forward, what what can be done to fight back against this uh, spike in anti-Asian hate crimes?
1: Racism and discrimination are always rooted in fear and ignorance. And what we need to do is confront the fear and eradicate the ignorance that is, is the root of all this. Having this kind of podcast, I really thank you for doing this, Adam, because this will raise the awareness in the community of this disturbing trend that is not subsiding. Oh, also, uh, anybody who is, is accused of and apprehended for these kinds of attacks, uh, that suspect should undergo some kind of anti-bias training. People in general should go through some kind of uh, uh, education process about what Asian Americans are about, how there is no connection between COVID-19 and somebody being or even looking Asian American, and also uh, what government resources can be provided.
0: And what does it do for the awareness when like you did over the weekend, gather for a rally with a multiracial, multi-ethnic coalition. Reverend Al Sharpton is there alongside you and many others in the Asian community. How important is that in the fight back?
1: It's the importance cannot be overstated to say that bias crimes, hate crimes and discrimination against any one group is hate and discrimination against all of us uh the reverend sharpton as articulate as always pointed out that blacks african americans have faced a huge amount of racism in this country and so when uh, there's racism and discrimination against others in this case asian americans uh, african americans cannot suddenly come down with a case of laryngitis was the uh, was reverend al's words and i think that rings very true in in this past year, where we have seen, uh, quite frankly, racism bubble to the surface all throughout the country in the aftermath of the killing of George Floyd, of Breonna Taylor, there were uh, many Asian Americans who marched together in the Black Lives Matter movement. I think it's heartening to see the African American community and, and Black political leaders, many of my colleagues in government come out and make strong statements denouncing the hate and attacks against Asian Americans. We're all in this together.
0: There's, there's certainly a parallel here. It's not exactly the same. It was only a couple of years ago, anti-Semitic, anti-Jewish incidents hit an all time high, it was 2019. And I think it was very critical in the fight back there to have a, again, multi-racial, multi group come out. And say that we won't stand for this. Do you see parallels there as well?
1: I absolutely do. In in 2019, and unfortunately, it didn't disappear in 2020. But in 2019, this the spate of anti-Semitic crimes and attacks led to a march where thousands of us, New Yorkers and people from far beyond, came at the foot of Brooklyn Bridge. We marched over the bridge into into Brooklyn. Uh, It was a cold day, but it was still important to get out there in in January of 2020 to have that march across the Brooklyn Bridge, showing solidarity and understanding that any kind of racial attack or bigotry uh, is never limited to any one group. In order to eradicate bigotry, we've got to eradicate it against all groups.
0: And we know that it, it's just a dream to fully eradicate it. But, ju- but those, those actions certainly made a difference at the time. It, it, like you said, anti Jewish sentiment it, hasn't gone away. It's not going to go away, but things are better. The, the community isn't living in fear the way that it did it at that time. And I'd say that that would be the hope for the Asian community in New York and across America.
1: We need to make statements and we need to take stands. It may be a dream, but it's still a dream that we must all pursue.
0: Well said. Thank you so much for the time, Senator Liu. We appreciate it. Thank you, Adam. And now let's welcome in Stuart Liu. He's the commanding officer of the Asian Hate Crimes Task Force for the NYPD, (laughs) a first of its kind unit that was developed in May of last year. And Stuart, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Why was it important for you and for the NYPD to take this next step? beyond what you already had with the NYPD, the the Hate Crimes Task Force?
3: Listen, we have a lot of issues here in New York City, especially last year was a very tough year for all of us. One of the issues the Asian American community has faced was a rise in hate crimes against Asians. And that was partly due to the pandemic. But even prior to the pandemic, Asian Americans have been victimized at a disproportionate rate for the longest time. And the NYPD, was not able to effectively help those Asian American victims. So this task was formed in response to the rise in hate crimes, but also to let everyone know that we, we have the personnel, we have the people here that's capable of helping Asian American victims. And part of, the, part of the problems that we have is that we're not getting enough reported crimes from the Asian American community. We have trouble interviewing, there's language barriers, there's cultural differences, there's fear of retaliation. There's issues of our victims being scared that they'll be deported because of uh, immigration status. So this task force is to, to bridge that gap and to, uh, to properly serve our Asian-American community here in New York City.
0: You mentioned the language barriers. I read that uh, on the task force, detectives speak 11 languages combined. How, how big of a deal is that? Because it that, that feels like that's very difficult to put a team like that together.
3: Uh, actually, you're absolutely right. Um, we're one of the very few departments that can put together a team like this. Um, we're very fortunate here because we have 30,000 very diverse organization that that can speak over 100 different languages. Uh, if we didn't have that diversity, we wouldn't be able to put this task force together. So it's um it's it's quite unique, and uh, we're very proud of the people that we have. And these these are officers detectives that come from the New York City community to serve the New York City community.
0: What have you already seen? I know that that the spike of attacks against Asian Americans in New York City has been ongoing throughout the entire pandemic. But what kind of results have you seen already since the summer that gives you a reason to be optimistic moving forward?
3: Certainly podcasts like this, um, gaining awareness in mainstream media prior to the COVID pandemic. uh, This issue wasn't well known outside the Asian American community. This actually brings to light some of the issues that, that Asian Americans have to deal with. This has happened. Unfortunately, many people are victims, but also now there's a lot of awareness going on, you know, knowing the problem is part of solving the solution. If we don't know what's going on, then there's no way to solve it.
0: The number of attacks has been staggering. Some of the videos that we've reported on are difficult to watch. And I just wonder, uh, from your perspective, as you've, you know, investigated and been a part of some of these cases, what is it that that you think has made the Asian American community here a target, especially this last year?
3: Well, there's certain issues that's been going on for the longest time. Um, Asian Americans are deemed by bad guys as soft targets, meaning that uh, they don't fight back. They don't put up much of a resistance. They know that Asian Americans often carry cash. They know that they seldom report um, the incidents. It's due to the language barrier. So with the COVID this just adds to, to those issues, you know, as Asian-Americans are already being victimized at a high rate with, with COVID. It's, it's, um, it, it adds to that.
0: We saw over the last couple of weeks a uh, few rallies against the spike in anti-Asian hate crimes. And I noticed, I don't think it's insignificant, there was uh, Reverend Al Sharpton, uh, rabbis, uh, a real multiracial coalition. Do you think that will play a role in helping the community come together against these types of attacks?
3: Yeah, absolutely. It's extremely important. Racism, discrimination, there's a, a problem that's been going on since the beginning of time. It's it's not a problem that any one community can solve. This is something that has to be done collectively. Uh,
0: look, I, I, you, you hinted at this before, and, and I know it's a difficult one, but uh, w- we certainly tried to do our part and report on these incid- incidents and, and uh, really make it clear to the public the awareness is important, like you said, but um, you're not the first person to mention that for whatever reason, it seems like there's been a lack of coverage about some of the anti-Asian sentiment and, and attacks across America, at least until now. Not as many major news outlets, not as much major coverage. Well, what, what, what do you think is behind that?
3: I can't say the reason why this happens, but I'll, it, it does have a very negative effect uh, on the community. It makes the community feel like as if, No one cares as as if they're second-class citizens. And now that the coverage is getting picked up more and more and more, it shows that, you know, we're bridging the gap to equality.
0: Yeah, it's a really important step. Uh, uh, Commanding Officer Lou, thank you so much for what you and your detectives are doing. And thanks so much for being on The Debrief. We appreciate it. Thank you. It's my pleasure. And let's also give a big thanks to all of you for listening and to our production team. Melissa Mack, Darren Price, and Ben Berkowitz. I'm your host, Adam Cooperstein, in for David Ushery. We'll check back with you next time on The Debrief.